0: I'm Suzanne Andrews and welcome to Tell Me Your Story, the podcast. I believe people walk into and out of our lives for all the right reasons. Some are here to teach us lessons, others to guide us, and the most memorable ones to inspire us. I've invited women I'm inspired by to share their story and empower you to manifest your own story, the one you were born to live. I want you to meet them. They have really good things to share. Joining me today in Hong Kong is author, poet, teacher and thinker, Celia Klasser. Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, Celia.
1: Thank you so much, Suzanne, for having me.
0: I'm delighted. I'm really excited about today. Let me briefly share your background with our listeners before we begin, Celia. Uh, Celia grew up and studied in South Africa where she taught young minds for many years as well as having her own preschool business. In 2008 her family relocated to Hong Kong. Celia is a successful author in both Hong Kong and abroad. She is a co-founder of Blank Page Writers Forum. She has written a book which won the prestigious Proverbs Prize, The Layers Between. She has spoken at events such as uh, for the Hong Kong Women in Publishing Society, WIPS, and also for Hong Kong Philosophy Cafe. Celia has also had her writing published in several magazines, anthologies, and journals. The real reason I wanted Celia to be here today is because of her quest to better define human existence and the reality in which we live. She is a fascinating, philosophical, kind and curious woman whom I instantly connected with some years ago when we had dinner together in Hong Kong. It's an honor to have you here with me today, so welcome again.
1: Thank you so much, it's a huge honor for me and ditto to that, you you are also a fascinating woman. (laughs)
0: Thanks. (laughs) Well, okay, let's see how fascinating we can be. Let's have a look. Okay, we're going to start uh, with you as a child, please. Being a kid. So for our listeners, um, Celia is taking you through her life journey, uh, basically so that something she's learned along the way will be helpful hints for you to boost your bounce and to overcome some obstacles in your life. Uh, so we're going to start with being a kid. Did you read fairy tales or other books as a child? What dreams did you have around growing up? Was there a whisper which kept saying, I will be?
1: Okay, so um, I grew up in the Kalahari desert, near the Kalahari desert, in a little town, and I was the only, I, w- I, I wasn't the only child, but I was a le- the last born. So my, my older brothers and sisters had left home, so I was very much on my own, and I had a lot of time to think and read, but um, my parents read fairy tales for me, but once I s- learned to read, I didn't read fairy tales, I, I read encyclopedias and poetry from a very young age. So. Um, and I listened to the radio because we didn't have smartphones in those days. Mm. Um, so I, I loved listening to the radio and I learned that there was a big wonderful world out there with um, lots of interesting people and lots to discover. Do you
0: think being so close to the desert made you wonder <laughs> about the wonders of life and what was out there? I mean, was it kind of a mystical, fascinating environment anyhow, or was it so um, deplete of things that in your mind you wanted to search more for the mind and see what was happening.
1: Yes um, it, it was a small town so there wasn't much happening there um, but I was I was very close to nature as a child so I would like um, sit and watch ants and see their ways and you know insects and that kind of thing but then once I started learning about the world, I I really wanted to see and learn more.
0: Interesting, dare I say fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) My second question for you Celia, how important do you think role models are for women, or and for men, and as a child did you have role models?
1: Yeah, of course, I think our, our parents are usually our biggest role models, so my dad um, was a role model for me um, in that he introduced me to the library and to nature and to think about things and to question everything and um, to look at reality but to also see magic in, in, in things and then my mom was the perfect housewife um, but then my dad passed away when i was 12 and I learned from my mom because when he uh, passed away he didn't have a pension or we didn't have an income after he passed away but he left a house for us so my mom used what she had we had the house and and her skills of cooking and and being a good housewife to um, you know make a living with that so she became um, entrepreneur and she started uh, um, boarding house. Mm. Yes, so we had two extra rooms that we didn't use and um, we took in boarders and my mom cooked and cleaned and washed for them and that's how we got on financially.
0: So so it was a Um, matter of survival? Yes, And mm, so I've
1: learned learned from my mom you know whatever circumstances take what you have and use it to make your life better.
0: Oh that's a beautiful story. Very sad though I mean the emptiness of having your father gone and having uh, been so close to him and with him you know so um, believing in the magic as you as you do otherwise you wouldn't have written what you have. uh, The layers in between and and many other works but um, how did that feel I mean at the time when he passed do you recall that and and in the void and
1: um yes it it Obviously, it was a big void and um, somehow in those days, you know, there wasn't... People didn't talk about this, um, mm-hmm. so I never had the opportunity to tell anyone my feelings and, and I was a very, like, like I told you, a, um, a loner that didn't talk much and um, so I, I couldn't really share my feelings with anyone. but. I did cling onto religion for that, so um that was like my the thing that kept me going i you know i i wanted to um,
0: maybe have a reason to i mean you've had your role model taken did you need some reason for for life was it was it kind yes. of life was kind of all muddled and confusing because when I was thirteen, um, I've shared this with you. My mother was murdered by her new husband, and my life took on new meaning from that point, and my world was never the same. In fact, uh, being alone was um, a place I was very. Uh, you know comfortable in because that was my that was my safety place but I think for a child as you were 12 years old and that happening um it's wonderful that your mother was there you know to be so resourceful yes yeah okay um let's move on from there and can I ask you so age 12 you're just getting into your teenage years um I guess they were different other teenagers and uh, I remember being at school and everyone was into parties and doing this and that and I was really shy um, and I didn't want to go to parties and also um, I didn't really know how to interpret the world so it was kind of like well let's see so can you tell our listeners please what your teenage years were like um, let's say post 12 when your dad passed away and any adjectives you would describe use to describe your teenage years because we will have teenage um, girls who are listening to this Right.
1: yeah so I would describe my my early teens um, the two words that I'd use would be um, sad and lost Mm. Um, like I said because my dad passed away and my mom was on her own and I didn't go out with my friends I would rather stay with my mom Um, But then, my late teens, I would describe as happy and excited about life because I'd met my now husband, Mm Rian, and he taught me not to take life so seriously, you know, um, things happen and there's nothing you can do about it and you have to just carry on and um, see the humour in in everything and I was very much in love and that helped me. Mm. So
0: for our listeners not to take life so seriously as women um i wish i could do that more i mean guys are just better at it my son he's always joking my youngest son and reminds me of that and i think that's a lovely thing that about relationships you know um, someone can bring humor into the equation so i'm pleased i'm pleased that he came and that those latter years were were better for you okay now to being an adult, this has gone very quickly, but we've got, we've got lots of questions after this um, to cover. Could you please describe some of your happiest times?
1: Okay, so my happiest times would obviously be with family and friends. So just spending time um, laughing with them and having deep discussions. And the other happy times would be when I'm with children and I'm making them laugh and I'm making, and I'm, Um, telling them about the magic that's out there in life and then another happiness for me is to travel, Mm -hmm. discover new things, new food, new cultures, uh, new places and then my other big happiness is when I'm writing. Um, I'm questioning things, I'm creating and finding solutions.
0: Would, you, uh, would, would writing be your most magical place where there are sensations and, and feelings that suddenly take over that one cannot put words to?
1: Um, for me it's, it's really a magic place because um, I I like to write about reality so I would explore scientific findings and base my writing on that but when I'm doing that Um, imagination takes over and then it's as if um, solutions would automatically happen so I would it would almost be like a new discovery while I'm writing it's not like I'm thinking this up it just happens and and that's very exciting
0: can you tell our listeners please about when you were really really brave and how you actually pushed through that okay
1: so um, the there were four times in my life that I think I was really, really brave. The first time was when I left my town to go live in a city in um Durban, and I left my family and you know got married and went and The second was when I read Darwin, so this is a book that Christians were told don't read it because it's against the Bible, and I I made all these discoveries, and I thought, why, why are we not allowed to know this? You know, this sounds like reality, and why, why shouldn't we know this? So, um, I challenged everything that I knew. It was a challenge for me. So everything I knew kind of started rocking. My world started moving, and then I. This is when my search for the truth started. So I challenged God on that day after I read that book, and I said, you know what, God. Um, I was taught that I shouldn't doubt anything that's written in the Bible. But I I see this and it makes sense to me. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to read other things and I'm going to make discoveries and I'm going to try and find you in all of this. I actually wrote an email to God <laughs> because <laughs> I wanted it to be on black and white. I wrote an email and I sent it to myself. And I said, Okay, God, I'm going to search for you. I'm going to search for you until I find you. And then what I did was, I, I knew the Bible very well because um, I was in, as a young child, I would sit in church because, you know, when my, actually after my dad passed away, I wanted to know what happened to his soul, what was going on. So I was like really, really. Um, listening to, um, whenever I go to church I would be focused and I did Bible study and all of that. But then I started reading on Taoism and Hermitism and Buddhism and philosophy and science and I made all these fantastic discoveries and I could draw them all back to the truths from the Bible. But yeah, so that was my second very brave step that I took um it was a long journey it it was many years that that you know that i was doing this and then the third very brave thing i did was um i started to study when my two children were small and my mom passed away and you know for her it was like become a teacher or become a secretary, that's what women do, and that's the easiest thing to do. But, and there wasn't money for me to study after my dad passed away, but I always wanted to. And then when my mom passed away, she left me some money, and I used that money to become a teacher. <laughs> so I studied uh, while my kids were small, and I, I think that was a really brave thing to do, because mm-hmm. it was very, very busy. Mm -hmm. and started my own preschool and then the fourth very brave step was um, an opportunity came for me to come and work in Hong Kong and I grabbed the opportunity Um, I acted in blind faith I didn't think about it I just did it and my family was in me with this my husband and my two daughters and we uprooted everything and we came to Hong Kong
0: yeah Got tingles. <laughs> um, yeah, Hong Kong is a is a is a is a. Uh, you need to be brave to come here because it's 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 um, quite intimidating to say the least. Until you realise that there are all those hikes and nature and everything else there as well. Until you meet other people um, and. And get involved in groups like Women in Publishing and your Philosophy uh, Group, etc. Can I take you back to the uh, fact that you had to be really brave, um, and you basically asked God or the deities to, you know, come up with who they were? Because um, what kind of um, church did your did your family belong to? And that must have been a, di- a really difficult thing to defy you know and to to have that shift in ideology and and paradigm shift and to basically say I don't subscribe to this I don't it doesn't feel right so tell me more about the the church and the challenge around that did, mm. Mm.
1: yeah so um I was a grown up by then so we we did go to church it was just like a normal christian church mm-hmm. and um it, I, I, I was very active in the church community but then I just very slowly withdrew and nobody knew. I didn't tell anyone that I was on this quest. So um, for many years, only after my book came out, that was like seven years ago, it was the first time that I started opening up to let people know that I was exploring in other religions
0: fascinating um there's a movie and of course the book The Life of Pi and he does the same thing and he is discovering God and then it's all about him being in a boat and finding out well actually it's more complex than that but it's a lovely story but I think that you were very brave in doing that because I... It's not always easy to leave a ch- a philosophy, you know, a, mm-hmm. a church or a belief. A belief is a strong thing, yes. a very very strong thing. So, how would you just, dis- Oh, actually, I'll I'll talk about your spiritual beliefs later, rather than getting there now. It could get a wee bit um, um, heavy too soon. Um, did
1: being an adult
0: turn out as you expected, Celia?
1: Um, in in some ways, but. In many ways, not. Um, I expected just to be you know, a teacher and have my family and live my life happily in my little town, like everyone else, or like my, my mom and brothers and sisters and everyone did. But um, yeah, for me to end up in Hong Kong and travel the world was beyond my wildest dreams. Um, that, I, that I wrote a book, would never have dreamt that. To win a literary prize, and um, a publishing prize, that was, you know, I didn't even have that as a dream because I never thought I was capable of that. Um, Yes, and then little old me presenting my idea to the Philosophy Cafe, would never ever have dreamt that I would do these things, you know, and um, yeah, so it was, great.
0: Oh I think it's magnificent uh, but you're curious mm-hmm. from a young age. Yes. Elizabeth Gilbert speaks about that in her book Big Magic it's about the trickster it's about um, be curious she says, you know be playful mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I mean I have to check myself too because I think well this could be a lot easier Suzanne if you just did this and you just do, did that but something very very powerful inside me and I do believe it comes from my ancestors because, you know, that's, that's my philosophy anyhow. Um, it's who I am as well, but to be curious is everything. It means you are thriving, you are searching, you have a new project, a new plan. And at the time, it, you know, it's not, it's not easy, right? It's never easy until it's suddenly wonderful when you get those awards um, or you actually find yourself as a presenter. And you're very humble about that. So I just think that's absolutely wonderful. For you mm-hmm. and for your family. Celia, what advice would you give or have you given uh, your children about life? Uh, for our listeners, Celia has two uh, gorgeous girls. Uh, one's just uh, been able to come back from uh, Italy, Michelle and Janine Klaasa has actually done my website. She's incredible. Well, they're both very gifted children. But uh, what advice would you give them about life or have you given them? Mm.
1: Um The advice that I have gave them was to hold on to your dreams, but to let go of your expectations. Um, And then also grab opportunities, but wait for the right time. Mm. So if if you have a dream, hold on to that dream, but then wait. You will know when the time is right and when the opportunity comes know grab that opportunity <clears throat> but don't have expectations of how it will turn out because that's going to set you up for um, For failure uh, yeah for disappointment mm. so because sometimes the universe has more in store for you that you could ever dream of you know your 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 expectation might be less than what the universe has planned for you.
0: Wow I love that. Your expectation may be less than what the universe has planned for you.
1: Yeah and then if if you know if the universe gives you what you what you want and what you are striving for so if you're striving for less you will get less but if you leave it open you might get much more than you bargained for.
0: Oh that is so powerful. Um, and so contrary to thinking, it's like, I have a goal, I have my to-do list, I want to achieve this as a person, as a woman, as a, as a teenager. But to let go of that and say, well, it's like Elizabeth Gilbert, I, I go back to her because she's one of my favorite authors. Um, she, she explains the ego basically as a hungry ghost. And she says to let go of it because it's not yours. This idea is not yours in the first instance. Mm-hmm. What comes to you, comes to you because it found you, and it needs you as much as you need it. Right. But by defining that, you are defining your path, and that is actually life-changing. I mean, I've got more tingles now because (laughs) to let go, it's that surrender, and it's the belief that um, who I think I need to be or am may not be who I need to be or who I... Will be, be yeah. will be,
1: or yeah, who you are, because your your dreams that you have and and the being that you are have a certain vibration, and that is, you know, what the universe um, corresponds to. So, the universe will bring whatever your vibration is to you. So if you if you have doubts, your vibration goes down and. Um, the expectations become less.
0: Mm. It's a difficult one though because um, we live to the level of our expectations. So if we don't aim high, we don't achieve. And if we if we leave our expectations uh, to, to just sit there as still water does, it, is that not Making us lazy or apathetic, or it's 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 a, it's a tricky one. I I love what you say, but there's also the fact that you do need to to see where you're going, right? But that's what you,
1: you you have to have your dreams. Okay. But let go of expectations about your dreams. Okay. So your dreams is what will get you going. Your dreams will make you set your goals. Your dreams will make you push forward. Your dreams will. Um, you plan around your dreams but you don't ex- you shouldn't have expectations of how your dreams will play out how it how it, the, how it will happen and when it will happen and what will happen after they come to you
0: so so take the steps do what you need to towards your dream, yes. but let it and play see out what
1: happens yes even
0: though it can take years to manifest, I mean that's a huge frustration, I recall you telling, uh, saying to me um, before you wrote uh, The Layers Between that you basically were at a point where it's just like come on, give me a break, I've waited for long enough, can you tell our listeners
1: more about that? Yeah, actually The Layers Between came a little bit easier than my current book the Mind of Motion. This is the one that I um, told you about. That, you know, it, it, every time I think it's finished, then something would happen, and I had to almost like rewrite the whole book. Um, so I'm again, I think for the first time, it's been seven years now. So, and it's not a long book, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's f- the first time that I'm rewriting it. And hopefully this will be the last time. (laughs) So let's see. Let's see. I was hoping, I'm hoping to publish it early in the next year. But let's see if, if okay, that's an expectation again. I'm setting up an expectation to to publish in the new year, which I shouldn't do. Um, My goal is, or my dream is to publish in the new year. But let's see what happens. It might not
0: very nice so hold on to the dream yeah let go of the expectation yes very nice because we beat ourselves out right time love that Mm. love it thank you so much (laughs) all right um we've got time for uh, a few more juicy questions uh let me see i have read of you that quote celia chooses to be with those who know secret things So my question is, why do you choose to be with those who know secret things? And what are those secret things? And why are you attracted to people who want to know secret things?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they are the most interesting people, obviously, because I actually believe that there are no secrets because everything is available to those who search. So um, people who know secret things are people who don't give up. They have big questions and they they almost obsess to, to find answers to those questions and that obses- obsession will, in the end, bring the answers to them, but um, everybody has their own path and everybody gets other answers, you know, we don't all get the same answers, but the answers we get should make sense for us. But then, um, I like to speak to people who who are on this quest. Mm-hmm. to find truth.
0: Mm-hmm. Because no one can tell any of us what the truth is.
1: Exactly. I I don't believe there is one truth. Mm-hmm. I believe that um, truth changes as we go along and truth is all about your perspective.
0: Mm. I, I agree with you because one of my Beliefs is that uh, what you believe in exists. Exactly. So how you define your spiritual path or who you are uh, is all about, It's all in your head. So what you believe exists. So be careful what you believe in. Mm.
1: Yes.
0: Other, because you're you're creating that story. Right. Um, but and then it changes as well, right? Yes.
1: Nothing stays the same.
0: Hmm interesting thank you very much Uh, I've also read of you Celia quote that she has the ability to cut through illusions of material gain security and power Um, now this is this is fantastic I'll read this again she has the ability to cut through illusions of material gain security and power what else is there on this earth without a sense of security and power? Can you please enlighten our listeners on this?
1: Okay, so I, I do believe that money is important because it gives us security, which we need, and um, it, it gives us a better life. It can give us a better life, but um, how you spend your money, if you have a lot or if you have a little, that's what, that, that becomes a moral issue. So, whether you're going to spend $80,000 on, on a handbag is, is your choice, you know. If you have the money, are you going to do that, or are you going to help a family? Um, that's the one thing, and um, for me to detach from material things became liberating. It it gave me freedom, and it and it shows me that um, you can get fulfillment in other ways. So fulfillment you can get through your relationships with people, education, and travel. You do need money for that, but I would rather spend money on traveling and education and um, spending good time with people than buying a Ferrari mm. if I had the money to buy one.
0: <laughs> yeah Mark Twain said I didn't let my schooling get in the way of my education. <laughs> yeah. So it would be the people you're with, the travel and the... what and, was the and third learning, one? And learning. And learning yes. Being curious. Yes. Mm.
1: Um, I would spend my money on having good times with the people I love. Mm or anybody that I, you know, get to know.
0: Lovely. Love that. How do you define spirituality? (laughs) This is the biggest question of all. Can you do it in a minute? (laughs) Do you have a daily mantra or spiritual practice first thing in the morning or at night? So, yeah, tell us, uh, our listeners, please, about your... your definition of spirituality and whether you have a little daily
1: mantra. Oh, I love that question the most. My definition of spirituality, <laughs> that's my food. So um, I came up with a very short definition and it's, it goes like this. It's a personal way to cope with life and death.
0: Mm. A personal way to cope with life and death. Spirituality got to be the best I've heard <laughs> <laughs> say it again Celia please for our listeners yeah, it's,
1: a, it's a personal that means there's no one way it's a personal way so there are many ways and it's a way to cope in this life you know we come here we have no, we have no clue why we are here
0: mm-hmm.
1: who we are what we're doing here actually um, but we have to find a way to go through this life and each of us need to find a way that works for us, how to cope with with the life we're living and with death that, that hap- that's going to happen to us and that happens to our loved ones. Yeah, so, mm. so the mantra, mm-hmm. I, d- I don't have a mantra, no. Um, What I do is, um, my writing, my daily writing is my, my daily, uh, it's a ritual for me, or a meditation. And also, the other thing is I, I have an awareness of my thoughts, so I know that my thoughts are not me. They don't, I'm not the one that formulate my thoughts. My thoughts are, created. It's um, information that come together and those are the thoughts that come to me. So I've, I've learned that I can choose to control my thoughts, to ignore them or to use them. So that's a kind of a mantra that I, I won't call that a mantra, but um, a meditation that I use throughout the day. And the other one is my emotions. So. I've learned, or, I'm, or become aware, that your emotions come and go. So you need to allow them, but you need to let go of them. Can you give
0: our listeners an example of that? please?
1: So, um, Im- I find that emotions are like waves. They come, they're forceful, and we know when they come to us. So what we do is we resist them because we've been, we've been told not to cry in public, not to show your emotions or any of that. So we've, we've figured out ways to control our emotions, but um, we need to learn to allow those emotions. So if you feel an emotion coming, separate yourself and allow that emotion to go through you. But you will find that it doesn't stay for very long and allow it to go. So sometimes if, if, if something big happens in your life, it, something tragic, like you, you lose a, someone very close to you, um, in that time you must realize that emo- the emotion and the pain that you feel will not be with you always. You will have gaps. It's like giving birth. You have the pain, painful moments, but you have those gaps. And you should live in those gaps. When the emotions come, it's painful, but allow them. Cry if you have to, scream if you have to, do what you have to do. Okay, obviously, in a good way, don't hurt anyone, or, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, or lose control in a place where you shouldn't. Um, but allow your emotions, and, and, and teach yourself to let your emotions flow through you in a good way. But don't hang on to those, that pain you know, let's say my mom died, I cannot be happy, we shouldn't do that because we should just know that emotions are something that come and they go, and when they go, for a, so let's say throughout a day they will come like waves, mm. but when, when, when they go and you have that gap, you can laugh and you can just be happy again.
0: Nice. So um, there is a particular writer and speaker, a spiritual leader, uh, Michael A. Singer, and he has a similar philosophy to you about separating ourselves from our thoughts. Our thoughts are not ourselves. Our emotions come and they go. And um, it's it's, it's as if, I, I do this myself actually, when a thought comes in and I don't like it, and I just think this is, this is something that's been with me for too many years, I will sit back. I will actually, I can see myself sitting back and resting on, 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 an, on an armchair and letting it throw flow through me and out of me. This is uh, a practice that um, people who uh, get anxious will use people in all sorts of situations and it makes perfect sense. Michael Singer spent about six years um, withdrawing from civilization, being a hermit, trying to figure out what was going on. He had the spiritual awakening about separating his thoughts from his, who he is, his soul, Mm. his very being. And to be able to separate that and to see the thoughts and all of and all of that um, genetic engineering and all that uh, neanderthal you coming <laughs> you know yes. up through the through the years to what how you were thinking now it's very liberating because it actually gives you an opportunity to say I stuffed up I feel stupid I made a mistake I feel humiliated I feel worthless let it go mm. let it go and let the gap as you, as you mentioned let the gap come when it needs to
1: yes but, but I also see um, thoughts and emotions I separate them because thoughts come before emotions mm. and thoughts are information it's just like logical information of a situation, of life, of reality of what's going on around you so, um, and thoughts are very much um, also warnings that come to us so it would be, don't do not do this because you might humiliate yourself. Don't um, make a speech because you might make a mistake. So um, in our primitive mind, it, it was meant to warn us, um, don't swim in this river because you might drown. You know, survival. But life has become, we've become more Life has become so complicated these days that we, we live in our minds and there's just so much to, um, to judge that we, we, we listen to our thoughts and we become emotional because of those thoughts. So we need to know that our thoughts causes emotion. So, so it's very important to look at the information of the thought that comes to you. And when that thought comes, um, first analyze the thought and think, oh, is this real? Is it true? Does it relate to me? No, it's, it doesn't. So you don't have to feel an emotion. So if you can Very see nice. thoughts as information and just listen to the information that they're bringing to you, not make it personal, not not take them as your own. See, Like you say, separate from them, see the information that they bring, and judge the information. Your soul is judging the information. So your soul is saying, is this information true for me? No, it's not. So I don't have to feel an emotion. Mm. Okay, it's very easy to say this, Mm. but once you become aware of it, you you slowly but surely can separate your thoughts and your emotions.
0: So you do practice this?
1: Yes, I do. But then sometimes an emotion will come and you won't even realize that there was a thought before that. But then you, can, then you can stop and think and let the emotion go through you and then think about it, what, what caused this? And it'll always be something that happened in the physical world. It will always be something logical that happened that causes the emotion. So you would see a bag that reminds you of somebody that you're missing. So it'll come back to this. Yeah, so. Very nice. So so
0: recognize the thought that actually preempted or initiated the emotion and connect the two and then let it go yes and this would work mainly with negative emotions right i feel um, stupid i feel jealous i feel inadequate right would you be in those instances would you use this method immediately now
1: Yes, yes. Um, so if I, if I feel jealousy, so that would be the, fir- the feeling would come before the thought mm-hmm. or my awareness of the thought. So I would feel this jealousy and then I could stop and say, okay, I have this emotion now. What caused it? What thought caused this emotion? And then is it really true? Um, how does it relate to me? should I take it as my own? Should I allow it to upset me? Or should I just let it go?
0: Excellent. Excellent. It doesn't always
1: work, I have to say. It doesn't always work. You have to be very aware and mm. sometimes you, you only become aware of it like a day after it, but then give yourself time to reflect. And
0: Okay. I read a book some years ago um, by Debbie Ford, which was The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And in this book, Debbie Ford would recommend you do the following, that when those thoughts come, you give them a name. Mm. So at the time when I was actually practicing this, it was so liberating. So there would be doubting Debbie when I started to doubt myself, yes. or let's say there was um, a jealous joy, or there would be inferior, um, um, I can't think, and I didn't have an inferior, because I is, um, what's the name starting with I? I can't even think of the name starting with I. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I, I, would, I would associate the name with the thought, and that allowed me to recognize how many Negative condemning thoughts I had flooding through my system because mm. I, I gave them a character. I gave them a name right? Um, so it, That also helped me. I think that's a nice thing to do too mm. and our mm. listeners you may like to try that uh, When something comes give her or him a name and then when they come again, you can recognize them by their name By their character.
1: Right and you're separating it from yourself. Yes. You external characters yes
0: yeah yeah definitely so it could be uh, comparing Carl for example mm. stop comparing yourself Suzanne to other people because mm. in one of my wonderful quotes is uh, don't compare yourself to others they're more screwed up than you think and the whole mm. comparative thing does bring you down often yes, and you just yes. got to say I am me I love me. Thank you to my parents and my ancestors for me. I will celebrate me and do my best to give what I have of me to help all of you be more of you.
1: Mm, Something like that.
0: All right, my dear, we're going to have to uh, finish up shortly, as fascinating as this is getting. um, Do you mind if I just ask you two more questions, please? Okay. Uh, we will have to do this quite quickly. I'm sorry. Uh, let me see. What's the most worthwhile investment you've ever made money time energy wise?
1: Um, money, um, I'm not good at any money matters, so it was definitely wasn't money mm-hmm. um, What was the other one?
0: Uh, time or energy?
1: Energy, um, I'm a huge energy energy waster, so <laughs> 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 um, Well, I, I'm my own energy, I'm not talking about, uh, I like to be green, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, my own energy I can waste, like writing this book, a lot of energy. But um, my best investment is time. Right. Definitely time for the people I love. Um, I I quitted my job to be with my kids and that's that was a great investment I did with, while they were little and yeah time time is the best time is all we have actually in this world it it's the most important thing I've, I've noticed during this year with the COVID thing going on and we weren't able to see you know our children same with you mm. and what are we missing we are missing out on time with them and mm. it's it's something you can't replace money can't can't buy us time I cannot.
0: Thank you. And where to from here, Celia? What does your future look like? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I have no idea. I don't. I don't want to plan too far ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm just. Um, I'm focused on what I'm doing now, and see how far I can get that, and then just see whatever life brings to me. I will take whatever opportunities come. Mm. And go with that. Wonderful. I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Follow the dream and release the expectation. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Okay, thank you. Uh, To finish off, I've got my floppy hat. From Montepicciano, Italy And this is where you get to uh, pick something And just to respond to it With my scented um, petals in here for my listeners This is my fun bit at the end that I like to do So you can pass or you can choose um, You can pass or you can choose to respond to whatever comes your way
1: okay. Thank you Okay, this one is, um, the problem is you, the solution is you. Mm -hmm. Mm. What's
0: your view on that?
1: The problem is you, and the solution is you.
0: Does it, oh actually, that's okay, we can pass on that. It's got to be something that that Mm -hmm. takes, that tickles your fancy. I'm just gonna relax and let whatever happens, happen.
1: Shame is the self-talk. I am a mistake versus I made a mistake. Yes, yes. I think that is, that is one thing that shame and guilt, you know, that's, that's, that's one of the things that parents should never, never, never do with their kids. Use shame and guilt to make them a better person to try and make them a better person because that's that's a a, a way of parenting um,
0: mm. yeah. so shame on those who do that yeah, <laughs> just because you know their child's going to look better or they're going to look better
1: yeah cause I, it's a it's a it's a horrible thing to to feel guilty and to feel ashamed, mm. because and and also um, we are we are made to feel ashamed about things that we have no control over, like our bodies, our looks, our intellect, our, uh, our personalities. Um, mm. You know, we shouldn't we shouldn't be ashamed of that,
0: mm. and not ashamed to make mistakes. Exactly. Yeah, which was in a previous podcast of mine. It's um it, Sarah Blakely Spanks, um, chick who's amazing and uh very successful in her own right. She her father taught her how to fa- how to deal with failure. And um that's what this is about. It's not, I am a mistake. I made a mistake. Mm. So what? I love your mm. philosophy. It's like, mm. let it go. Yes. This is, these are your thoughts. You know, look at the emotion, connect it to a thought, but let it go. Yes. Let go of the expectation.
1: And the thing is, you know, if, if you do something deliberately, mm. then you can blame yourself if you if you look at the consequences but if you make a mistake how can you blame yourself if you accidentally drop a glass on the floor and it breaks you didn't do that on purpose did you so why should you blame yourself mm. and that's when children do you know when children purposely throw a, a, a glass on the floor of course you're going to say to them pick it up you did that but if they accidentally drop a glass why would you shout at them and blame them We nobody's, um, you know, we we don't do we don't make mistakes um, on purpose. So something we let it go. We shouldn't be, we we should forgive ourselves. Okay, Mm. but it's because our parents blamed us. That's why we start blaming ourselves. And also when when sometimes when we make mistakes, we would blame others for the mistakes we make, Mm -hmm. or we would blame ourselves. So they say the, the 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 highest spiritual growth is if you don't blame others and you don't blame yourselves, you just don't sort of blame, blame anyone. Blame no one. Blame, blame no, no one. one. Yes,
0: I learned that years ago through reading. Blame no one. Yes. Look to yourself right. and uh, see what you can do to solve that. Mm-hmm. See, so Classa, it's been a pleasure. This has been a fantastic afternoon spending it with you. <laughs> Thank yes. you so much for sharing your philosophy, um your 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 spiritual journey. As you said, it's it's what it's how you see life and death that matters. That's your spiritual path and it's been an honor to have you today.
1: Thank you so much for having me and thank you for this podcast because it's it's such a wonderful platform for growth and for for people to learn and just to connect. So I I really bless this podcast, and I hope it's going to go from strength to strength, (laughs) and I know it's going to go from strength to strength, and thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful.
0: Thank you so much. Look, I have a dream, (laughs) but no expectation. Let's just see what happens, okay? And uh, to our listeners, um, Celia's book is uh, The Layers Between, and she's currently writing her new book. And I'm sure I'm going to be putting that on my, my website once it's out soon. Uh, but thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. Uh, thank you for journeying. And uh, we hope that you take home some wonderful truths uh, with you to make you feel so proud of you, exactly the
1: you you are. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs>